I'm Trish. And I'm Thaddeus, and you're listening to the Fallen Short Podcast. On this episode of Fallen Short Podcast, we are continuing our series on spiritual gifts. So if you haven't listened to the past couple of episodes, just like I said last time, uh, I'd highly encourage you to go back. We've laid some foundation in episode 51, and even before that, when we talked about purpose in the episodes uh, preceding that one. But then we talked about a few spiritual gifts on the past two episodes, where we started off with administration, apostleship, craftsmanship, and discernment. And then last time we talked about evangelism, exhortation, faith, and giving. On this episode, we are starting off talking about the gift of healing. So the gift of healing is one of the gifts that are, I guess, supernatural in a way. And it's not like a gift where we talked about last time, where we talked about the gift of giving, where maybe you have financial ability or the extra time to give, you know, into ministry or into other things, right? Where healing is one where it probably aligns a little bit, crosses over with faith, crosses over with intercession, where you're, you, well, you have faith and sometimes there's a blind faith that yes, God can do something, right? Or, and you, intercession, which we're probably going to get into on this episode where uh, being able to, you know, really dive in in prayer. The thing about the gift of healing is even though I myself have the gift of healing as one of my spiritual gifts or whatever, I have absolutely no control over it. If God chooses to heal somebody, I have no control over that whatsoever. And I have to be totally dependent on the demonstration of the Holy Spirit to bring healing into somebody's life. It's a gift of manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's something that I myself can try so hard to will to happen, but I can will all I want if the Holy Spirit doesn't meet me <laughs> in that place of of prayer and the sovereignty of God doesn't intervene on the situation in the way that I'm asking for. It's just trusting God. It's trusting him that whether he heals somebody or not, I'm totally dependent on his power and I'm willing to step out in faith and trust that God's going to heal somebody and ask God to heal somebody, even if he doesn't. Something that really inhibits people from taking that step of faith in asking God to bring healing into another person's life is they're afraid that what if God doesn't answer their prayers and will it make them look foolish? Will it make them look stupid? And like God doesn't hear them and they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. I know that's true because I myself have felt that way where I've wrestled with, I really feel like I'm supposed to pray for this person to be healed. However, what if I ask God and God doesn't choose to answer the prayers the way I'm asking him to, then I just look foolish. But what I feel like the Holy Spirit is impressed upon my heart is that's okay. It's okay to faith and acts of faith like that are foolish. Like we're trusting God. It's a, it's a step of like surrender of our heart and of our mind to God and letting go of all of our power and all of our control and saying, okay, God, heal this person, intervene in the situation, come in and have your way restore their body how you created it to be period nothing else added you'll notice with people with this gift of of healing 
they totally trust that God is going to heal people. And there's no parameters outside of that. There's no, I, I just can't explain it. Like I've, I've, I think it's okay to pray the parameters, like pray for the doctors, pray for the wisdom of the family, pray for all those different things. But I believe so strongly that if you really have just that faith <laughs> that God can heal somebody, as small as a mustard seed, the Bible says, you know, just praying that prayer that God can heal somebody. I believe that God can and God will. And, and if not, God is still good. Like we talked about last week a little bit, but it's a weird gift to talk about. Cause I guess we all should have that kind of faith in God that he can do miracles and that he can manifest his Holy spirit in that way. But it's definitely something we all wrestle with because we don't want to look like a foolish person if God doesn't do it. I know it has, when I pray a prayer for somebody to be healed, whether they get healed or not, it has to do nothing with me, nothing whatsoever. It has to do with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that courses through their body and brings healing to them. And I've been healed multiple times. I've seen people healed multiple times. I've, I've been in that zone in my life so much where I know the power of God to heal people's lives and to restore people's lives is so active and present. And maybe that's bolstered my faith a little bit and helped me to stand strong in that. But I just know that God is a God of healing. And if he wants to heal, he will. And so if I desire for God to heal somebody and I'm going to pray a prayer of faith that God will heal them, that's it. Like, I just have to trust. And if God decides not to, he decides not to. Yeah, and I think what you're saying about, you know, that do you want to look like a fool or not? It's very, it's very true and true and real. And like we've said previously, and we'll probably continue to say it as we keep going through different spiritual gifts, these gifts are, they're gifts everyone should desire, right? And not everyone's going to be able to function in certain, you know, degrees. And, you know, Trish might have scored higher on healing and I didn't, doesn't mean that I can't pray for people to be healed, right? And I think the definition that they give on the giftstest.com is the gift of healing is the divine strength or ability to act as an intermediary in faith, prayer, and by the laying of hands for the healing of physical, mental, and spiritual sickness. And then we can all do that. But where I think where the difference is, is you have people who are very much like they have that will in them to continuously pray for someone to be healed and have that faith that, God's going to do what he needs to do here, but I need to stand for this person, you know, and maybe because maybe it's a scenario where there's a person in a coma or whatever, right? And you don't know what's going on in their brain necessarily, right? I don't know. I've never been in a coma. I don't know if I, would I be able to pray for myself at that point? What, you know, I don't know what that's like, but the people that probably have this gift a little more strongly are the people that just are willing to stand in those gaps and have that faith that knowing God has the ability to heal. And if it's God's will, he's going to, to heal that person. And sometimes, honestly, sometimes the way God heals people is it's their time to go home, right? It's their time to, to go home to Jesus. And, and I think that's fine. And I think that sometimes people get wrapped up into the, well, we prayed for them to be healed. They weren't healed. They died. Well, their earthly body maybe wasn't healed, but 
their spiritual body was. A really cool thing that you see that happens a lot in Book of Acts or, yeah, just a lot even in the Book of Acts where the Holy Spirit was alive and well in the disciples' lives and they were going about their business filled with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as they were going about, I think of the story of Peter and John, you know, where they run into the beggar who's who can't walk I believe and they say silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ rise up and walk and then I think of the song that I sang in Sunday school where he went walking and leaping and praising God you know where the the power of God intervened in the situation and what the guy wanted wasn't healing he asked for money and what God brought was healing and he brought his manifest power into the situation and the person was healed but then others see that and come to the Lord and you can read other places in Acts too, where God healed somebody through a disciple, somebody was healed by the power of God, and then revival came to that town, to that city. You know, think of other places with Peter and Paul, where God used them as just a conduit for his healing, and people came to know the Lord through that. And I do think that there are instances where for someone to be healed, it's not just the people praying for them to be healed, right? It's those people need to have faith that they can be healed, right? Because there are instances where people just are like, oh, yeah, I'm never going to, you know, and they don't even want, it's almost they don't want to be healed, right? But I think there's also the, on the flip side instances where God says, I am going to heal this person, even though they have so much doubt because I need to show them, you know, the power that I have. And I think, like Trish was saying, and it could be used in, you know, starting a revival or things like that, because all of a sudden it's like, whoa, there was no chance. And now, and now I'm healed. I got to tell everybody. The last thing I'd say about this gift is that the people with the gift of healing have an uttermost trust that God can and God will heal somebody and he's perfectly capable of it. But if God, by his sovereignty, does not heal somebody, people with the gift of healing, it doesn't cause them to have like a stumbling block in their faith. It causes them to, I would assume, just trust God more and know that God can heal whoever he wants to heal. And Jesus died on the cross that we're healed. It's by the blood of Jesus that we become healed. And like Thaddeus said, whether it's on this side of eternity or the other, healing will come. So just going back to 1 Corinthians 12, it says, Verse 27 says, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First, our apostles, second, our prophets, third, our teachers, then those who do miracles, then those who have the gift of healing, which is what we just talked about, those who help others, and those who have the gift of leadership, and those who speak in unknown tongues. What we're going to talk about next, we just talked about healing, but we're going to talk about those who help others. We're going to talk about the gift of helps. Giftstest.com describes help as the gift of help is the divine strength or ability to work in a supportive role for the accomplishment of tasks in Christian ministry with the ability to often see the needs before others do. Did you score high on this one or no? Well, no, it wasn't in my top. It wasn't in your top? top five that they give you nope was it in yours it was in mine nice i thought maybe i see it in in you just at what you do for your job of being able to see you know things that you need to do and things that to accomplish things right 
but I definitely, I, I scored high in it and I definitely can see that in myself just over the course of different areas where I've helped in ministry helped. <laughs> there it is. But where even thinking about in bands that I was in, I was the bass player. Okay. And I was not like the lead singer bass player where you'd see in some bands. I was the bass player. The bass player is very supportive and it's, job is to carry rhythm with the drums right so in that sense very much in the background but also i was not the front and center guy where people were going to come talk to me or you know i wasn't you know a big deal quote unquote but i did a lot of behind the scenes things of booking shows making sure we had uh transportation that varied from band to band how are we going to get there how are we getting our equipment there I did a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of things like that. But then even in in ministry type things where I'd much rather be the one sitting behind the soundboard, doing some things there. Maybe I do some worship. I don't want to be front and center preaching. I don't want to, you know, I, I'd much rather be like, what do we need to do to get this done? Because I'd rather do it in the background and be that support, Right. And it's very much, I think of it in a way, not to like toot my own horn, but if you don't have people with the gift of help or helping or, you know, whatever, however you want to say it, there's no way any church can function in a healthy way. And, and I know we, you know, the scripture church was using the transition and other scriptures where it talks about the body, right? And we have these different pieces to the body. It's very important, right? And I think though the gifts of helps, I think about our church that we are members of and church works at, of how many volunteers it takes to make Sundays happen, to make Wednesdays happen, to make other events happen. If you don't have those volunteers yeah, you could do a lot of the same things, but you're going to fall, you know, a little flat. One of my absolute favorite people in the Bible is Phoebe. And Paul talks about her in Romans 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, one who is a deacon in the church of Sencria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and to especially me. And I love... Phoebe, first of all, God has brought me so much freedom when it comes to women in ministry because of the story of Phoebe, but also she just had a gift to be helpful, to help meet people's needs. And from that place, Paul asked that people give her honor and help her because she was helpful. Kind of a cool thing about Phoebe, it's believed that she's the one who carried the book of Romans to Rome for them to read and was a woman and kind of just I think it's a fun fact how God used her in such a powerful way with such an interesting book one of my favorite books of the Bible actually so when I think talking about the gifts of helps going into the next one we're going to talk about is hospitality and I would think those would go very hand in hand with each other not that I mean I didn't score high in hospitality by any means I think there's you know different aspects of hospitality but I think just at a a high level, those two very much could go together, right? Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, especially when you think about the time when this was written, when when the gifts of the Spirit were becoming manifest on the earth, was when Jesus had ascended, right? And the Holy Spirit came onto man, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But what happened was they were meeting from house to house. And so they would go from house to house, and they'd have people at these different homes that would be hospitable and welcome in fellow believers. And that's when they became the church. Like it wasn't in a massive building that they had church. It was from home to home to home that they were meeting. And so the gift of hospitality was very important to just the start and the survival of the early church. It was probably one of the most important gifts because they needed that to be able to get that grounding in that establishment to help churches to be established. Right. Yeah, it's very much a, I think why I probably don't write high on it. Well, granted, I don't think it has anything to do with the questions that were asked on the test itself. Maybe there was some, I don't know. I'm not one that's going to be very out there about wanting to invite people into our home and things like that. I'd, I'd much rather not worry about what do we need to do to make our house look good for, you know, having people over or thing. But in that same regard, what I was talking about earlier with helps and people, how many people it takes for our church volunteer wise. Right. I mean, it's very much, there's a, there's a team of people that are like, there to like guest service type yeah, people to greet people when they get there to, you know, have donuts and coffee and, and things like that, where it's inviting. Right. And not, and then there's, you know, cleaning up after and things like that. So that it's not just a pigsty, right? It's not a place where people are like, oh, I don't want to come back here, right? What Trish was talking about where they were going house to house and having these meetings and people still have house groups and people, whether it's in our church or other churches where they have small groups that'll meet and a lot of times in one another's houses, right? They don't all just go meet at the church. So there are those people that have is a stronger gift for them where they want to create an environment and have people come into it. And, and it's very much a gift that goes with helping, but at the same time, it can be on a different level of, of where you're helping. Hebrews 13, one says, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Kind of cool scripture that just talks about you don't know who it is that you are welcoming into your environment, whether, you know, it's your home or your church or your business where you work or your school or whatever it is. You don't know who it is that you are welcoming in that you've never met before. And this is saying it could be angels and you don't even know. But also in regards to that, not just angels, but people who don't know Jesus as they come into a place where they're going to be in a new environment to make them feel welcomed and and comfortable so they can hear the word of God. The gift of hospitality is something that I can see alive and active in a lot of churches because it's that gift that helps people to feel, what have I been missing out on my whole life? Like they belong, right? Yeah. And, and not just, I know I was probably more surface level of making sure things are clean and greeting people and having coffee and donuts, but it is that inviting and making people feel like they belong to Right. And not, not, uh, having a, a stoic face of, you know, of judgment on somebody that's coming in that you're like, who is that person? You know, what's wrong with them? 
but it, and more of a you know, a cheerful, hey, we're happy to have you. It doesn't matter where you're at. First Peter 4, verse 9, cheerfully share your home with those in need of a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from a great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Just to note, it says cheerfully, not begrudgingly <laughs> share your home with people. And if you are in that place where maybe you're hosting a Bible study or you're hosting different events at your house and it isn't from a place of, of cheerfulness, just ask God to look, give you a makeover in your heart and ask him to help you find joy. I, I know for me, a big season of my life was the day in, day out motherhood, you know, making meals, cleaning up after my kids over and over and over again. And it just felt, I felt like I had the spirit of just, eh, like I'm doing this cause I'm doing this and that's why I'm doing it. And I don't really care to be doing it, but it needs to be done. And, nah, 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 nah. and I asked God to help me have a desire and a passion for it and help me to have a heart shift. And I would say the same thing with this gift of hospitality. Maybe it's not a gift you have, but it's a gift you can hone and a gift that maybe God is trying to work out in you. And so asking God to do that heart shift in you in those places that maybe we feel frustrated or taken advantage of because we're always opening up our home and we're always making meals and we're always cooking or whatever it may be, to ask God to give you a cheerful heart when you do it. So the last gift we're going to talk about today is the gift of intercession. Giftstest.com says, the gift of intercession is the divine strength or ability to stand in the gap in prayer for someone or something or someplace, believing for profound results. And like I already touched on when we, we started off with healing, I think it very much goes hand in hand with it. Even that definition there, standing in the gap in prayer for someone, something or someplace, believing for profound results. I mean, that's that's really what I was saying about healing, right? Those people that have that extra little bit of will in themselves to stand in those gaps in prayer and, you know, being, being, having that faith that God can do something right. Being that be sometimes being the middleman, right. Maybe, maybe it's, maybe you are praying for someone that has absolutely no belief in God. Right. But you know, they're going through something and they could use prayer, whether it's for them or somebody that's directly related to them, but you just know that person and they have not, they don't want anything to do with God, but you pray on behalf of them. Right. And sometimes that can bring healing in a physical sense, or it could bring healing to that person's life on the inside. Right. Not just the physical, but the spiritual you know, and sometimes it's just, I think of intercession. I think of, sometimes I just think of, uh, what is it? The international house of prayer that where they have, they have prayer rooms that are 24 seven prayer time. Right. Yeah. And, and there's people that that's why they go there, right. They go there to pray. And essentially as believers, that's how we should live our lives. That praying without ceasing, that always being ready for the Holy spirit, to prompt us to pray for somebody. Paul says, as often as I think of you, I pray for you. And and that's a motto I try to live by. If, if somebody's name randomly pops up in my head or I'm scrolling through Facebook feed and I see something from somebody who I haven't thought of in a long time or just different ways like that, I try to apply that to my prayer life. As often as I think of people, I pray for them. I can't say I'm always perfect, 
at that, but I try to apply it. I've tried to apply that for a lot of years, so I've gotten better at it. But I also would say with this gift of intercession, it's definitely that laboring over somebody in prayer that, you know, Christ is our mediator before between God and man, and he stands in the gap for us. So, you know, he's making intercession for us. And it's, you know, we're not by any means comparing ourselves to Christ as far as laying down our lives for other people, but is that standing in the gap for people and that supplication where we're reminding God of of the word, of, of his promises, of his word, of truth, and we're praying that over other people's lives and we're claiming the word of God over other people's lives and it's it's laboring and in prayer for people. I would say it's definitely carrying others' burdens, definitely feeling the weight of other people's struggles. There's times that I, I see something on the news or I hear a story and I can't shake it. I can't shake that burden in my heart of that weight of maybe it was bad news or maybe it was something going on with a friend's life or different things like that. And truly the only thing that gives me any peace is just to pray and press into God and pray, make intercession and over and over and over again. And then maybe I feel that peace for a while and then I feel that weight and that burden back on me. And same thing, just push into prayer and push into God and push in through intercession because I believe that God allows us to feel the weight of things sometimes so we can pray for them. Yeah, there's definitely those times where you just see some, you see a car wreck, right? And there's nothing that you feel that you can do physically to go help, but where it's like, I, I have to pray. I just have to pray for those people. Or... There's also the other things of intercession that I've seen, not so much in my own life, but in Trisha's where she was asked essentially to go on a a trip around the world with someone to be there to intercede and be there in prayer while uh, this woman was going to essentially do evangelism and, and things like that. So just being able to be there and praying for this woman while she's preaching the word, Trish was there praying for her to be able to have the right words and praying for protection for her and all those different things where it's not, you know, like a spur of the moment type, you know, Oh, I, that person got hurt. I need to pray for them. Right. But even just doing that where you're praying, you're interceding on behalf of, Ministers. I mean, ministers need prayer too, and and they need lots of it to be, make sure that they are speaking the words God has for them, to make sure that they're not being attacked. And they're going to be attacked, but that they can handle it, right, and that they're safe, those different things like that. So if you, if you haven't noticed yet, a lot of these go hand in hand with each other, and we've said it. And we've said how everyone should desire these gifts, but not everyone's going to function in the same way, right? You might not, you might have a couple of them and, and not have 10 or, or vice versa. You might feel like you have 10 of them and there's like two that you don't. I'm using those numbers. I know we're going over more than 12, but we're all a part of the body and we all function in different ways. Just like my hand and my foot don't do the same things for me, right? So you're going to continue to see that where as we go along here over the next couple episodes where the more and more of these gifts intertwine 
more and more of these gifts depend on each other and more and more of these gifts you might have a little inkling of or not at all or a grand amount right so hopefully you're starting to see that pattern of well, wait didn't they talk about that with this gift well that's because they they do relate to each other a lot of times if you've enjoyed this episode again if you haven't listened to the previous episodes i encourage you to go back the past few uh, where we've been talking about spiritual gifts and we'll continue going over these over the next few episodes and we'd appreciate if you could share it on social media Uh, you could share the podcast itself via a link to whichever podcast platform you're listening on or if you want to share our facebook page or twitter or instagram you should be able to find us by searching fallen short podcast on any of those platforms you could send people directly to our website fallenshortpodcast.com and just look and again if you want to let us know if you want to give us any feedback any of those platforms and or you can email us at info at fallenshortpodcast.com and if you have any prayer requests you can send those our way as well we'd love to pray for you so until next time i'm thaddeus and i'm trish and we love you guys or maybe you're aspiring to start one if you are we'd like to encourage you to check out blueberry podcasting for all of your hosting needs we use blueberry today and let me tell you it's it's real slick uh, works with our website just fine on a plugin so if you use our code fallen short you can get your first month free so you can go ahead and click that affiliate image link on our website and get started with your podcast